Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. In a dystopic future of the year 54,821, podcasts have been hunted down and killed. One, however, remains. This is the story of the Colton Collective Podcast. Welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. Now, here are your hosts. Dave AC and the Sixth Hello, everybody. Yes, I'm back. I know you all missed me. No, no, no applause. Thank you. Thank you. No applause. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, applause is necessary for the man who uh, helped warm my seat. Mine's out of the gutter. Mr. Dar Skeptical. Thank you very yes. much, sir, for um, for helping Dave out and making sure you kept them sober during the entire podcast. Anyway... Uh, we're here from the future. Uh, actually, that's normally Romana's line. I think we should have had that sound queued up. Hello from the future. <laughs> actually, should He's we ta- should, should we should we time traveling soon? Should we joining uh, Pacific Standard Time shortly? Anyway, today's show, as uh, you may have seen in the advertising, is uh, Robot Makeovers 101. No, no, seriously, <laughs> folks. Uh, no, we will be talking about uh, It Came from the Future, uh, movies that got it right, movies that got it wrong, the things that we uh, see in movies that, you know, in the year 1972, cars will fly. No, they didn't. Sorry, didn't. Where's my jetpack? Thank you, Mike. <laughs> so, we will be discussing that. But first, it's time to open the box and see who's in the collective. Please welcome, ladies and gentlemen, the award goes to Mr. Benjamin Elliott. Ah, hello, Ian. Hi, Dave. Hi, everybody. Hi. Hello, sir. Oh, hopefully the sound's okay. I'm trying it a different way this time because I know I've sounded a bit fuzzy in the past. Little fillish, but, oh, well, little robot. waste your hair. Very futuristic. Yes, very futuristic. There you go. He's talking for the future. <laughs> very appropriate. It's good to be back. Uh, last week, um, both of our computers were down. Which uh, messed things up a bit. Yeah, well, we're glad you managed to fight through the technology issues and join us. All right. Speaking of uh, uh, interesting futures, here's a man from the future. He's on the run. It's Logan. From Logan's Run. Ah, see what I did there? 
that was lovely. And hello, guys. I had to get out of my hot tub time machine just to come in for the show here. Brother! <laughs> <laughs> All right. And also joining us are our sober cab for some late night podcasting uh, during during Sundays. It's Mr. Randall Thor. Hello, Mike. Hello, everyone. <laughs> God, I don't know what that fanfare was in aid of. Everybody's got their own intro. Yes. Apart from me, I'll have to work on that. Speaking Step of which, you know, uh, next joining us uh, is Rowan. Hello. Rowan, hello. She's gone all quiet. Well, she did say there'd be no sound from her end this time. Uh, <laughs> I know, she was talking about background noise, <laughs> not total <laughs> <phone> noise. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I'm sure she'll pop up soon and go, Hey, you missed me. <laughs> and it's our man from Second Life. Who mm. subbed for me? Well, subbed for Christy while she was yeah, there. Yeah, I was, I was, I was the other glamour puss. Yes, the other glamour puss. It's Mr. Tim Fury. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and well, we could hear Rowan is like, all right last night, so hopefully she'll get things working in a minute. Yes. Alrighty, moving on down the list. Oh, it's me. Yes, the sixth dog here. I'm here. Hello, welcome. Thank you. Oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Joining us after taking his eyes off the. Just of Kirsty Pixel, it's Mr. Tiggs Panther. Hi guys, how's it going? Very good. How's yeah, your eyesight? We've missed you on the sh- we've missed you on the show as well for a few weeks. Oh, I've missed I've missed being on, but um, without a headset, it was a bit of a pain. But I picked it up when I was away last week, so I didn't forget it this time. Hooray. And my eyesight's fine as long as I've put my glasses on. Right, and I suppose like a good lad, you've been uh, downloading the shows you've missed on iTunes. Yes. yes. I just listening need to, listen to, to them at some point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've downloaded tons and tons and tons of podcasts. Listen to them. Not quite. I barely managed to listen to our own. Although I did listen to the ones I wasn't here for because it's easier to do that. More fun. <laughs> yes. Plus it's Darth and one never gets tired of Darth reading the phone book. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. Calm down. Speaking of which, and hopefully he's coming in and hopefully his drums are polished. It's Mr. Darth Skeptical. Oh, they're polished. I just don't have that palette. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> It's Mr. Darth Skeptical. Famously hard to please. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Darth. I know you said yes. you perhaps can't stay long, but it's nice to have you here. And again, thank you for the last couple of weeks stepping into the void. Oh, I like the void. <laughs> The Void is fun. It's full of Cybermen and Daleks. All right, last but by certainly no means least, the woman with the comfortable hedge. <laughs> oh, that didn't sound right, did it? She's <laughs> like me. Howley T! Hello, Howley. Hello. <laughs> Been enough of that kind of talk on Twitter today, and I calm down. I was talking about real garden hedges here. I'm you're sure you were. You're not a hedge and not, you know, bush or something. <laughs> Yeah, that could have been worse. Anyway, <laughs> we digress as usual. 
Joining us under the code of silence, please, Dave. Lower the code. Controls, new agent training program, section 3.5, the code of silence. To activate, simply lower the code and speak clearly. What? Do not overuse the cone of silence. What? Do not shout in the cone of silence. What? In fact, don't even use the cone of silence. What? It's never worked right. I don't know why we bought it in the first place. Get smart on TV land. Section 3.6, the portable cone of silence. What? 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 Oh! Well, we just lowered the cone just at the wrong time, but we'll get to him in a second. Under the cone! is Darth and Howley. They're in two places at once. But Jedi Justice is here. Marv, Cybob, and Guest Eleven. Is that a tie you're wearing? Mm, it's nice. Doesn't really go with the shirt. But oh well. Joining us late... <laughs> I'm from the future! ...is Charlie P79. <laughs> Did we introduce Ramana? In the she morning. fell out of the room. She, keep, she yeah. keeps... Um, she keeps dropping out. She keeps passing out like a military academy. <laughs> so Charlie's here and Ramana. Hello. For the oh last boys. time, for a my little last while. show. My From last show in the morning. Yes. Ooh. Can you hear yes, me? Yes, yep. we can. Certainly can. We've got okay, a week to gather those singers and record that in the yes. evening jingle for you. Yeah. It's because you're not really acknowledging I'm talking and talking over me, so I thought you couldn't hear me. <laughs> there might be a slight delay, as always. Not anymore from next week. If I can even make yeah. the show from next week onwards, who knows? <laughs> oh, you've got to. You're our on the spot. <laughs> yeah, well, if I'm working, I can't come, can I? Oh, yes, yes. If my roommates suck, I can't get on. If my internet's down, I can't get on. Stuff will happen. Mm. Really we'll cross everything for you. It's an exciting time. Don't be down on it yet. <laughs> no, I'm sure it's going to be, but, you know, <laughs> who knows if I'm going to be able to come on the show as much as I used to. Yeah, th these are problems me and Tim would be very happy to have, aren't they, Tim? Probably will this time <laughs> next year. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, before we move into today's main topic, it's news time. Go, Tubby Mucky, go. There we go. He said it. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, news. Put up Darth first if we can. <laughs> Any news, Darth? Oh, uh, a tiny bit of news, I guess. Last week saw the release of, uh, oh, Lord, I can't believe I forgot the name of it already. Um, Justice League Crisis on Two Earth, a direct to video animation from uh, one. Nope. We're losing you, sir. Sounds like you just went down the drain. The time for six has shifted. I'm just having lovely fun with our shoe today. Yay! Technology at its finest. It's from the future, you know. <laughs> anyway, I don't know whether you were done or not, because you fuzzed out. <laughs> All right, we'll move on. Mr. Benjamin Elliott. Ah, hi, Ian. Okay. Now... Uh, this evening on BBC One, according to what I'm hearing on the net, right after a repeat of yesterday's trailer, 
by the way, yesterday they had a trailer for the new season, a new series. And uh, if you look in the book, you probably found it. about a minute long reaction pack. But after the repeat today, there was apparently a continuity announcer saying that the premiere would be on Saturday, April 3rd. On the trailer in the UK, it says Easter. BBC America put the trailer on their website, and I think it crashed the website yesterday for a while. But on BBC America's site, it just says Spring 2010. Hmm. But before that, in Spain, uh, they're going to get all the specials in March. They're currently getting Series 4 for the first time, but I thought Channel Spain to go right to the specials. So, Spain will be the first country to get dubbed versions of The Water to Mars and The End of Time Parts 1 and 2. Ahead of some English language countries. So, good for the Spanish. And several PBS stations will be pledging Doctor Who and Mars. At KCPT in Kansas City is skipping the Martha Jones episodes and going straight to Donna for pledge on March 6th. March 13th. Uh, WGBY in Springfield, Massachusetts is going to air a Doctor Who episode and a Doc Martin episode. And the station and the episode that gets more pledges gets its show on the air. So they will air Doctor Who or Doc Martin regularly after the pledge drive, but only the one that wins. There's a challenge there. And of course, you have Milwaukee Public TV and Iowa Public TV having pledge specials as well with various fan groups coming out in the line. And I had a bit of fun today, created a fictional war show. Uh, people who are reading know who got what. <laughs> and where can we find this information? Yeah. Well, um, you will not find it from Mr. Zalek Stories and the Staggering Stories website, and I mean another one of those outfits. You would instead find it at uh, this week in Doctor Who Yahoo group. Now, groups.yahoo.com slash groups slash this week Doctor Who. I'll basically just put that in Google. That will bring you straight to it. Yes. All right. You know, so talking all the, the new future is rather difficult, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last person with news that we're aware of, Mr. Tim Jury. Well, hopefully I'm coming through closer, clearer than Ben. So <laughs> I'll tell you a little bit about the trailer, which we spent uh, at least a week anticipating. And thanks to uh, Lizo Mazumbo, or whatever his name is, I can pronounce it properly on Twitter. We knew exactly when it was going to be on. We're counting down to it on Twitter. And this is the first time the word... And disappointment will appear on this podcast, I think it is, from Radio Free Skyro. They own the rights mm. to that one. Because um, we kept thinking, oh, new footage, new footage, new footage. No, we should have taken the clue from the fact that this trailer was going to be seen in 3D at the cinema, which is where news comes in. Because uh, according to Total Sci-Fi Online, it will hit UK cinemas during March, but they may have to expand which films it's showing with. Because currently, it's only showing with Alice in Wonderland, and there is a distribution dispute with Alice in Wonderland, and it will only be being shown in the Cineworld chain of cinemas. So if you haven't got a Cineworld, 
you won't be able to see it till it hits DVD, which will be earlier than usual, and that's why there's a dispute. For in 13 weeks' time, it's going to hit DVD. So you'll have to miss the 3D and fork out more money to see the DVD. Um, for me, it's a trek to the other side of Cambridge to see this trailer and this movie. For others, they won't be able to see it at all. Uh, but at least it's been on television. And it, and it was at least uh, a taster, I guess, of um, the Doctor and Amy's characters, even if only a, a micro-taster and their um, voices heard clearly for the first time. And, um, well, according to Total Sci-Fi Online, it will hit cinemas themselves in March. And uh, I guess we can read between the lines, then, more or less, that Doctor Who may be back on our screens Easter Saturday. Yay! I, for one, loved the the little teaser. Yeah, I mean, it was good. It was exciting. It Mm. was just a little meh, because I wanted more footage. Well, that's the thing, is that, I mean, but that's the great thing. We've been so spoiled with so much stuff leaking out. It's great to... It it was by its nature a teaser this time. So it's certainly got... As long as it's got people excited and talking about Doctor Who, it's worked. It's like the doctor running away from that bizarre explosion five years ago, which, you know, it's just the modern equivalent. <laughs> the thing I liked about it was that you finally got to see Amy Pond talk for once. Um, yeah. Karen Gillan so, and Amy Pond, I love that. I'll be the con- um, finding out a bit about her. The consensus appears to be she has a mild Scottish accent. Yay! Hmm. <laughs> I... Heather. <laughs> And that the Doctor is the poshest since the show returned. Yeah. To say it was very short, it was a bit spoilery, though, Ian. I mean, uh, mm. they showed a Not few... Didn't well, tell us anything they haven't already told us, so you can't call it spoilery. That, no, fair enough. But what I mean is it, there was quite a lot in it. And, you know, it was one of those where you actually need to watch it a few times. Uh, and, of course, with the wallpaper, there's a few things in that as well, isn't there? I, I'm yep. sorry, Dave, but I have to completely disagree with you. There was nothing in this thing. It was completely devoid of anything. It was the worst single trailer that has ever been made by BBC Wales, and indeed, it's even worse than the canine trailer. Well, I didn't say it was a good trailer, era. but... Uh, no, as I said, what, what, it was by its nature. I was, just, I was um, replying to teaser. Tim saying it was very short, and I said, although it was very short, for somebody who didn't know what was coming in the new season, I mean, they showed a few presumably potential enemies that are going to be in the series, so you know... They followed their standard policy of simply announcing what's in about the first three or four episodes so it wasn't spoilery, it just followed the standard practice of promoting the show. But see, I I disagree with you entirely there because previous teasers, if we think back to like the the very first one with uh, Christopher Eccleston, um, or even the the first one with David Tennant, the, the first one for the Series 3, and the first one for Series 4, they all were specially shot like this one in that there's no um, footage from the actual series within it. But this one did a terrible job because it had no central narrative. And because it had no narrative, um, the actors weren't able to put anything into their lines. I thought the acting was terribly flat, That's terribly a, unengaging. Yeah. And, and yeah, because no, there's, no, there's no real... Um, like the, if you think back to that, that very first one with Christopher Eccleston, um, 
the Do You Want to Come With Me one, the big explosion at the beginning. I mean, there is a, there's an entire narrative to that sequence of events. In this one, what's the narrative? The ground opens up and there's some weird vortex, which I don't take to be the time vortex, but plenty of people are. Um, and then some random images fall, fall by. And then you get this weird sequence with the... Um, the Weeping Angels, where the Weeping Angels apparently destroyed in a way that we know that they aren't destroyed. Um, it just falls apart so as to allow for 3D action. It was terrible. I mean, there was there was just no um, nothing in it that made me think, wow, I really want to watch this series that's coming up. In fact, if I didn't know anything about Doctor Who and I saw that, I would run the hell away from this series. So I have to completely disagree on all levels with everybody because... Uh, Personally, I think shiver, it's just a piece of promotional fluff and Darth right. taking it a bit too seriously. A shiver went up my spine when I watched it and now I really want to see Matt Smith in the role because there were things that I saw in his uh, in that trailer that reminded me of other doctors. The, the first words out of his mouth sounded very Troughton to me, and I'm overanalyzing it, of course, because I'm a fan, um, but I loved it. I thought it was awesome. It, it did enough to whet the appetite and make me go, come on, Easter. By, by all accounts, he was given access to tapes or discs or whatever while preparing for the role, and Troughton was the one he fell in love with. Mm. Yep. I thought that they were a bit expressionless myself, that blank-faced wonder. But again, uh, I mean, to some people who've not even heard anything, they think, oh, so that's going to be the new um, um, companion. When, uh, in in theory, of course, he hasn't actually met Amy Pond yet. Right. I don't know. It just seems to me like the previous teasers have done a lot to build the legend of the Doctor, and this doesn't do anything to build the legend of a Doctor. It is so obviously a 3D, um, you know, eye candy fest that it, it it doesn't draw you into these characters whatsoever. And, and indeed, I mean, I really think the acting was terribly flat. It's <laughs> <laughs> modern television, though, Darth. Nobody gets any well, rehearsal time these no, days. No, 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 no. Don't be an apologist for this. It is not modern television because we have seen successfully every single season there has been a really good teaser trailer and they've all been out of the park. This one is totally unlike anything that we've seen before, and it's very much for the worst, because all it is is an excuse to do 3D, period. So basically, RTD's trailer guy left with him. I think it was just to get young people excited about it, and and I didn't say too much about his acting, because, you know, we've all been, you know, too easy to judge 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 people very quick. There really isn't enough to judge it on. It's not like it's an episode. No, no, come on. Let me ask you this. After you saw the first trailer with Christopher Eccleston, did you not think, okay, plausibly that's the Doctor? And even if you didn't know who the Doctor was, didn't you think, this is a series I should pay some attention to? Mm -hmm. I think it's a little pants, actually. Mm -hmm. The Eccleston one, I just like, eh. Really? He's running down a thing and there's an explosion. Where's the explosion from? Yeah, and also we do we do okay. know that they do do these misleading teasers, don't they? I mean, like they did the misleading teaser for the next Doctor and things like that. Right. But um, well, it, it, it's promotion. It's just there to catch our attention. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyway, it could, have, it could have been a bit better. It could have been a bit more uh, with a bit more direction, uh, and it seemed quite short for all the build up to it. Yeah. I don't know, it's one of those things where I think that the teasing is a bit rubbishy, but we're all still excited as fans because it's a new series, you know. Mm. 
It's coming now. Yeah. Anyway, Tim, other news? <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> we get other news. We could do a whole show on this trailer. <laughs> me, Dave, and several other people in the UK losing a bit of sleep last night to be very sociable with fellow fans in Second Life. And uh, in a sec, I'll put a, a link into the um, chat from my twit pick, uh, which if you scroll down, you'll see several pictures, one of which I took uh, with my iPhone off the screen of uh, how many people were in voice chat, which gives you some idea of how big the crowd was. And, uh, well, it kicked off at uh, one second lifetime, and for about an hour and a bit, uh, once I'd caught up with them, because I missed the start of it, we went on the little TARDIS tour and saw some of the other uh, sims and were left to look round at our leisure and given a good uh, tour by uh, Victor First Mornington. And then yay, at, Victor! Uh, yay, yep. yay for Victor! Uh, then at three second lifetime, uh, we all gathered and listened to music and talked all over it. <laughs> yeah. But we had some mighty fine tunes from the DJ, one of which was so good that it's already on my iPhone and has already been sent out to Vegan Sani. So I've got the name check-in for Vegan Sani, who couldn't quite be with us tonight. And there were lo lots and lots of people there. Uh, and, of course, some of the people in the room... Uh, uh, like Rowan Serenity, yes. Th 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 this, this was our equivalent of um, that phrase they have on Podshock of your once a year friends. These are our <laughs> four times a year friends because there are people who I cross paths with who I, oh, hello again. <laughs> and, uh, well, uh, I'm especially. Yeah, yeah, well, we all look a lot better on there. Um. What more to add? Oh, I'm freshly subscribed to another podcast, uh, which is put together by a few people in uh, Second Life, and episode three actually features a guest appearance by Victor. And it's called, if my memory can be racked, uh, The Dirty Hooers, and I'll have to find the link for it for you. <laughs> no, uh, be, you can't be, uh, It's not strictly for work. <laughs> there is no swear box. They are loose-lipped. But it's a rather good show, and it's it's I think it's the sort of thing that Nat of um, Bridging the Rift would quite like, because they they do uh, analyse the program and pick it to pieces like like we do. Anything to add, Ian and Dave, as you were there too? I'm adding some what? photos and uh, some twit pics into the into the chat. But, uh, yeah, I wasn't able to make the TARDIS tours this time, but I had managed to get a private tour from Victor earlier in the week, and plus there was a, um, after everybody cleared out and we cleared the disco floor, um, Victor um, managed to give us another little tour of, of some of the other consoles. So, thank I you very much. Yeah. Yes, that was um, fun. And he'd updated the way that you can move around. Um, there was a very good turnout. I mean, as I say, I, yep. I, I jotted down all uh, lots of the names, and there must have been fifty odd there at the dance section at least. So oh, I'll, uh, I'll post into chat that picture that shows how many people were in voice chat, and we weren't all using voice chat, but um, I think there was about two groups of conversation going on at a couple of ends of the the dance floor. And uh, well, I don't know if anyone wants to count this. But this was when the voice chat was filling the voice chat window. But um, 
No, I think a good time was had by all. Much sleep was lost, and we're all looking forward to the next one, which is officially the spring one. I can't can't possibly call one in February spring. This was sort of winter number two. <laughs> winter two, Judgment Day. Didn't quite what catch that. Sorry, I said, uh, is it every six months that they have these meetups? It's four times a year, Rowan. Yeah, it's every... It, they're seasonal. Seasonal is the word that uh, Lewis has started using. Uh, I found the link to Dirty Hewers. As I said, not for the faint-hearted. They do swear, so beware. <laughs> <laughs> but very entertaining and good analytical stuff. Okie dokie. Well, if that ends the news, we could actually start doing the show. <laughs> Fancy that. Alrighty, it's showtime. Proper topic. This week, we are doing It Came From The Future, where we're going to discuss movies that got the future right, movies that got the future wrong, movies and TV shows that accurately, or at least seemed to accurately predict, uh, how technology would move forward. And I'm going to start things off with because this one's been recently in the in the news and uh, Total Recall from back in 1990. Uh, if those of you who remember, he was uh, uh, going through an airport uh, scanner, and you could see his entire skeleton to see whether he had, whether he had anything any metallic objects or any weapons. Um, and of course now they've come out with the full body scanners which can actually do that. Unfortunately, it tends to render people naked. But faceless, so <laughs> where's the problem? <laughs> they all look like ghosts. <laughs> yeah, they look like ghosts. It's not like they look attractive and there's a guy in the back room with a door shut. <laughs> exactly life was for me this morning with two people in a club with ghosts. Oh. Actual ghosts? Avatar ghosts? Well, what happens when uh, av- Avatar resing problems emerge is they've settled on this thing where if say there's four people in a nightclub and only two of them have resed, two of them you'll see their proper avatar and the other two will be what I describe as a sort of amorphous blob. It's like a small piece of fog fluctuating Mm -hmm. and about the only way to solve it is to hop out of that sim and then hop back in and teleport back in giving sim a chance to re-res everybody. Right. Well, Of course, uh, Total Recall was set quite far in the future, well, in the um, slightly distant future of 2084, where we had colonies on Mars. We don't have that yet, but we do have uh, another step closer to this X-ray style that the security scanner that they had. Um, And so we'll see how that will develop. I mean, eventually it'll be that, but there'll be some religious group who will be against somebody scanning and just viewing their bones. Uh, <laughs> I think I'd rather have my bones being scanned than... than yeah. As I get they, more say, of, that as way, they say of the future, and to quote the movie, get ready for a surprise. Yes. Okay, the, uh, an, another one uh, was Minority Report, which is actually set a little closer to uh, our current timeline of uh, 2054. Um, but if you remember when um, Tom Cruise... Twit. Um, at the beginning with his uh, video interface and he's touch screening everything and shifting it around we actually have stuff where we can do that now 
So this is the kind of topic that we've got. I mean, everything from the uh, dystopic futures uh, in, for example, Mad Max, which way wrong. Um, I mean, look at 2012, which has come out and gone already. Let's see if the world blows up in a couple of years. So we'll just start off by going around the room, see if anybody has anything. And if they don't, then I've got a list of stuff. So, <laughs> Dave. Well, it's again one of these topics that you, it's very hard to get a handle on. I mean, um, uh, the, like you say, there are those things that have actually been um, second-guessed, as it were. Um, I mean, w I mean, we've got Logan in the room. One of the films, if you think about it, is Logan's Run, where um, their idea of social life is you, you basically um, put yourself into... Um, uh, offer and you, you sort of dial dial through and you suddenly appear in somebody else's flat. Now, that Back may with Kirsty Pixel's sister again. That may not happen here other than the fact that it, in Second Life that, that there are people who've actually had you know online affairs and it's even affected their, their real marriages because of that. Uh, there are also people who actually um, have met online, they've uh, uh, made uh, their life choice through that medium so I mean is it much of a step forward to think that in another 20-30 years uh, barring some possibility of um, uh, actual uh, it, uh, not time travel um, transportation you know um, right. that will be but I mean the, the, the one we'll have to go back to again and again for lots of these different ones will be of course the Star Trek because um, mm -hmm. everything from your flip up uh, communicator uh, to slide indoors, all those things uh, have, to one extent. I mean, even, you could even say that the new Apple iPad is just like the captain's logbook that you right. know you're seeing him sign um, during the course of that. Uh, just one little brief thing, just to um, to slightly divide it up, maybe for some people who are, are wondering where to start. Uh, on one wiki page, uh, and this one I've brought up is called um, "Visions of the Future." Um, that is sort of divides it where where there are you know complete areas that have possibly by futurologists have been thought of as the way that our future could uh, move forward um, w w in the intelligence revolution, the biotech revolution, and in the miniaturisation, the quantum revolution. And again, you can argue that um, an awful lot of uh, science fiction programmes we've seen is where. Um, They've used a strange way of uh, of new revolutionary chip manufacturer coming about, uh, and they've come with some, you know, they've raided the future or whatever it happens to be. But um, the whole point is, where do these things come from um, in terms of... Uh, is Has the writer guessed right, and these things will come to pass, but in, in a completely different way... Uh, but the actual device itself may come. I mean, um, I'm, I'm getting lost in my thought here, so I'm going to move <laughs> on. But I've got one. Well done. Sure. Well, I've got an Irish the 1960s oh. time machine, and then you have spinning discs like um, CD-ROMs to to um in, to give information as a as a medium for information. I remember, I was watching it with my dad, and he was coming here the way they were real sticks and you know they'll get information from that which is pretty much you get that later with, with CD-ROMs and 
I don't know how true, how true maybe the adaption the, the movie is to the book, but the book was written in the nineteen so you could say that that, you know, was a vision of the future that ended up coming true. Right. I remember that same thing being in RoboCop and it seeming ahead of its time at the time. Because mm. I thought, because CDs had been around for a few years when RoboCop came out, and there's a scene where someone's about to be shot, and the message from the guy that's hired the assassin is played on what we now know as a DVD. But back then, all we had was CDs. And I thought, why is he putting a CD in there? And then suddenly um, the head of this company comes out with video, and you think, wow, that's pretty futuristic on that thing that's so small, and now we have rooms full of them. Yeah. I was going to mention... um, Oh, oh, what was the Tom Cruise one you mentioned, um, Ian? Minority Report. Minority Report, yes. uh, At the time that came out, that had a huge uh, data screen in that in which you could shift suspects around and do all sorts of nifty things and at the time we thought oh no one will ever have screens like that and now we do yep certainly Benjamin you were coming in there I think yes um, one film the much derided Back to the Future 2 a surprisingly large amount of it has come true or is coming true because uh, if you look at the technology in that film, you have um, holograms, which can pop up and be really realistic and interact, and that's not common, but they're out there. Um, you have a television screen that's a whole wall. That's not common, but the rich have them. Um, fax machines all over the um, Well, fax machines are almost out of date now, but even so, uh, technology all over the place and gadgets everywhere and things that's common. Uh, 500 TV channels. Some people actually have more. Uh, the uh, a lot now. The stuff that we wanted to happen in the future, the flying cars. I get the feeling the government will never let people have flying cars, no matter how much you want them. But a lot of the technology that you think that's far fetched or you don't want to happen, happening. And there's a, there's a sports team in Florida when that film came out. It's like, a team of Florida won the World Series. That's supposed to be an example of an unlikely future event. Um, I've won for 20, for about 15 years. Yep. Yeah, hoverboards, I think we're still a bit behind on. And the self-adjusting clothing, I suppose that's still uh, a yeah. way to go. The stuff we want isn't available yet. We could really do with that one. Still five years. The elevator. Yep, the elevator shower. <laughs> I mean, what, one of the we other things in, in Back to the Future that it's 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 kind of come to pass again, and now you can actually see it happening is uh, the whole Jaws uh, 3D movie thing, where the you know the shark actually comes at, at you, the image actually comes mm-hmm. out at you rather than it appearing to. Um, at the time, I remember watching this going, 3D will come back? Yeah, right, that'll never happen. <laughs> and look, we're, we're, we're back in 3D again, and, and, and it's not um, Escape Gorillas. Who's 3D? It's not Escape Gorillas from, you know, the planet Mars. It's, it's not B-movies that are using this technology. It's, it's, you know, big movie box office stuff, and 
Yeah. What's even scarier is we're only a few years away from being able to afford to stick it in our homes. Right. And then hologram TVs are, you know, on their way at some point in the very near future. It's something that they're working on. It's like, it's, you know, um, I think the closer and closer we get to to, <laughs> to these things, um, it seems that movies are, are better able to predict, you know, a possible future if, if they, you know, say, okay, in 20 years' time, you know, some of these things are happening more rapidly. I mean, back when, to harken back to what uh, Dave said, uh, Star Trek, I mean, when uh, when Kirk pulls out the... Somebody let me get it out of the cage. Yeah. <laughs> 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 take you away, haha. <laughs> 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 the funny fun. Um, when, when Kirk flips open the communicator... I mean, at that point, there were phones that were tethered to the wall, and you had to rotary dial. And, you know, now we've got flip phones that you flip it open, and at some point, you just hit one button, and you can actually talk to somebody. Um, well, yeah, in the, yeah. Uh, just another thing like that. You know, the, the, the Bones holds that little spinning uh, little thing where he was where he's checking to see what illness mm-hmm. somebody has. Do, only just this last week in the UK, they've announced um, handheld uh, s- uh, sonic, uh, sonar, uh, ultrasound, sorry, ultrasound scanners, where the doctor mm-hmm. can have it in his pocket and he could do an ultrasound scan on the patient. He didn't have to bring a great big machine yeah, over to the bed. That was amazingly small, Dave, wasn't it, considering I've, yeah. I've had an ultrasound a few years back and it was like a chunk <laughs> of equipment sat by the... Uh, the gurney, and and now this thing it literally was the size of a mobile phone. Yeah, and he just right. he has, I mean the actual uh, sensor is attached by a wire to the actual thing he's holding in his other hand. But other than that, it looks exactly like something you'd see bones use. Um, right. And another thing that's been in the news just this last week too, they're talking about getting. Um, uh, with satellites in the sky, getting even more precise about nailing down where some, somewhere is exactly on the Earth's surface uh, from, you know, five or ten metres, because, of course, the military used to uh, put fuzzy logic in there to make the, the data not quite as accurate, because they didn't want people being able to target a tank, you know, from a thousand miles away. But apparently now um, that is, is, is likely to be more available to the aircraft companies. Now, I remember seeing a, a, a very old science fiction film called This Island Earth, and in one of that, the, the, the scientist is taken to this secret uh, place where these, what turn out to be aliens, are gathering the best, brightest brains of the, the, the world together on this secret um, uh, place. Uh, think of Project Manhattan, that sort of a place. And he has to get into this plane, and it's a pilotless plane with no windows. But right. the plane you know, takes off without a pilot, flies him there, and lands without a pilot. This news item said that we're getting very, very near to that happening now. Right. Um, I've just got one, one more thing from because uh, um, Howley put into chat, and maybe she wants to because she's on audio. Uh, you were am, talking about you, you were talking about hitchhikers. Yes, I am. Which is fine. Sorry, I'm falling asleep. I was considering the possibility that the Hitchhiker's Guide, considering the idea of it is, you know, you tap in whatever the search number or something for that and it brings up all the information in the universe. The fact, you, you know, those smartphones, you can get Google now. 
Right. Sort of very loosely, like a prediction. Right. Actually, funny you should mention that, but uh, on, on this one website I've got for source material, um, it says it wasn't meant to be prophetic, but the celebrated uh, British TV show, formerly a radio series and a trilogy of best-selling books, uh, has been hailed as a visionary work. In in the series, the guide was an electronic handheld book that, with a few keystrokes, could provide detailed information on any planet or alien race. Fans of the late Douglas Adams, the series creator, suggest that he envisioned both the web and e-books. Uh, Adams was amused by this. When I originally described the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy over 20 years ago, I was only joking. <laughs> <laughs> I think but, there is a, a web yeah, somewhere. He's been called the futurologist, though, hasn't he? Sorry, was that Hallie? Um, from when the Kindle came out, I think it's XKCD did the jokey reg <laughs> comment. But if you rub it off, it says Hitchhiker's Guide underneath. I'll try and find it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, Michael also brings up that, that Babelfish, which came from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, is is also this translator. Actually, I think it's owned by Yahoo now, isn't it? And I think I found it. Uh, yes. All I know um, is that my, um, my friend turned. All I know is that a friend of mine turned her DS into a into a guide. She just sticky taped the words "Don't panic" in large friendly letters onto the other side <laughs> of it, and she did her Ford costume. Yeah, it was a Nintendo DS that she made that out of. Uh, the link's in chat now. It's that little comic about it. Excellent. All so right. I think we should add, we should add webcams into this. Because <laughs> right. be you, you, years well, ago, um, the TARDIS had video communication with people and the Starship Enterprise had it and at the time we thought, oh, it'll never come, it'll never catch on and now every laptop has a webcam, loads of computers have them and some of them, oh nearly every laptop has a webcam <laughs> nearly every <laughs> smartphone has a webcam Yep Also, right. Star Trek predicted the death of television and there's a possibility that it could be right because they indicated that TV, as a traditional medium, ended around 2030. And certainly here in the U.S., after the transition to digital television, the government discovered that they didn't plan things properly, and now reception for over-the-air stuff is much harder than it used to be. And meanwhile, cellular telephone companies want all bandwidth on the stations that you can actually get signals on as to, um, for more um, cellular telephone stuff. And the government's considering giving it to them, which would effectively make over-the-air television broadcasting pointless or impossible in the U.S. And with everything, with the more on-demand stuff and more Internet stuff, the whole concept of television as a medium with the box and stuff could indeed go away in 20 years. I tend to watch most of the shows that I watch on my computer. I thought Star Trek yeah. Next Generation was just uh-huh. trying to... Um, argue down the rights for the actors' future royalties. <laughs> there you go. But <laughs> well, it's uh, right. no, no choice is... but to watch half my stuff on my computer. <laughs> right. Strange, uh, they get nothing. Okay. Uh, Rowan has just put in about, uh, uh, I think that's Silent Green she means from uh, yeah. that one. But, I mean, uh, yes. one of the big stories here in the UK at the moment is this this right to, to you know, have assisted um, suicides Suicide. with people who... Um, you know, are in these incurable situations, and they don't want their family to be 
prosecuted for helping them to um, terminate their life. Now, whether the rights and wrongs of it are whether you agree, the point is that was one of the things that was in Soylent Green. Admittedly, they had ulterior motives in that, but, I mean, it was one of Edward G. Robinson's finest um, portrayals in that when um, he was in that film. Okay, um, if we could have quiet for a second. Then we've got some people who aren't speaking up. Charlie, you've got have you got anything to add? Yeah, yeah, I'll add a couple things. Um I was thinking that when you were talking about Star Trek, there was that um episode, um, Court Martial where uh he, uh Kurt's meeting his lawyer and the, and the, and his lawyer's talking about he has he has this pile of books, these law books. And he talks about, you know, how uh, in this, you know, that uh, people read their books, you know, as he says, pasteurized, synthesized. He talks about how books are on you know, computers now, and, and, and you know, you know, he's a curious. He's got, you know, he's got hard, you know, hard copies of, of uh, these law books that, that he reads. And um, well, I'm sorry, I didn't follow all of that. Yeah, we're getting some sound issues. You. Still there? Stack on my side? I'm hearing stack right now. But. It's it's going thunk 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 thunk. Oh really? Oh dear. Okay. It's better now. Continue. Okay. Um, I another thing I was thinking of, I was thinking of um, and I have lost a lot of my train of thought. Um, I was thinking of uh, that bit in um, the first episode of Doc Two about um. Yeah, you know, on Earthly Child, the bit where uh, Susan talks about the the, the decimal system, and uh, I think the UK had it gone to the decimal system when that episode aired. But uh, you know, you know, sometimes later they did go to the decimal system. Um, also, I was thinking, uh, I have um, I was thinking of the book, um, uh, the Reed Bradbury book, Fahrenheit 451. Um, um, you know, we have we haven't started bringing books yet, but uh, there are things like uh, they talk about. There's they talk about um, you know, uh, a um, I think you first to something like a, a seashell that you can listen to music on, like a portable seashell, and um, and uh, flat screen TVs are referenced in that, in that movie. So yeah, for right now that's that's all I have. Right, but I mean, that's a, uh, an issue at the moment. I mean, Google are going through a very great um, uh, legal battle at the moment because they want to digitise all the books. And some people say, although that might be a great thing, to have all that under the in one company's hands is just giving them too much power, too much control. But basically, I mean, it's not exactly burning the books, but it's basically handing over what is the mo one of the most precious resources we have of knowledge, uh, and um, that being in the hands of one particular company. And there's been a lot of um, science fiction stories as well, where our science fiction futures where actual fact world governments have fallen and the, the world is really run by um, big industrial corporations. I mean, uh, um, oh, good heavens, uh, the big one with Harrison Ford, um, the replicant one. Blade Runner. Blade Runner, oh, Blade Runner yeah. That, that's all run by industry, isn't it? There aren't, there aren't really uh, governments and countries. Um, everything's uh, everything's to do with uh, having copyright on this and that and intellectual properties and um, uh, right. I mean Tokyo looks very much like it uh, that scene does now with all the big screens on the walls and the the um, you know right well I mean that, that that's I mean you bring that up but Blade Runner is one of those movies that got it wrong 
Um, mm. It's and uh, I mean, Blade Runner is set in the year 2019. Just a short hop from here. Um, we don't have sentient robots yet, uh, especially ones that look like Daryl Hannah. <laughs> and we do not have off-world colonies and alien friends. Um, but it does say here, however, a company, uh, Terrafugia, has just successfully tested the first flying car. <laughs> so maybe the, free, the, the, the dreams of a flying DeLorean are close. They will all be like the Jetsons. In um, this flying car, probably, it's it's just air-powered or something. Uh, it'll fail! Stop pressing. And... Right. Uh, okay. Well, I'll let you and Benjamin argue on this one. Well, well hot, off, hot off the press, and the press these days is, of course, Twitter, blogged reports direct from the BBC that tonight an air date has been announced in the UK for Doctor Who, and it is April the 3rd. Wow. Right. Yay. Yay. Which probably doesn't tie in with exactly what I said earlier. Now we just need to get BBC America, Space Channel, ABC Australia, and Prime New Zealand to work with us. We can get them all airing the show on April 3rd and 4th. Maybe we can get something good here. Good luck with that. It won't happen. It was so well it's a nice it's a nice wish, but it'll never happen. Only it's, it's, it's just not the way they operate. Of course well, thank God for me being in the UK this year. As as ever, people have been waiting for a solid date for ages and when the BBC finally release it it's a date that we'd all speculated anyway. Well, I mean, let's face much. it, there has been a pattern to it since 2005, Easter weekend. True. Mm. And it's clearly worked every time, so don't break it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh somebody did... Uh, Rowan, you just brought up an interesting... And, and to get back to the topic, uh, brought up an interesting uh, point. You said, I want a time-travelling kit. Knight Rider. We're all forgetting oh, Knight Rider, oh, which was actually... No, what? no we're not. What? No, we're not. <laughs> Why aren't we talking Knight Rider? <laughs> well, you're saying... And you we're not talking about the merits of the programme. We're talking about the, the foresight. I would much rather travel in a, uh, in a Mustang than a DeLorean any day. <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> of course, in Knight Rider, we had a talking car. Now we have... Um, I, I just put out to they did bring in talking cars before any of this GPS stuff started. There was a car I think Austin made it called the Maestro. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't see that. many talking cars these days, do you? Because I think people found a car that when you get in and it says stuff like you have not closed the left door, uh, you have not put on your fog lights. I think that started to get on people's wick. <laughs> once once it was I built into something that's useful like the GPS, that's what, that's it was what progress. wives are for. That's what wives mm. are for. Yeah, yeah, you don't want the car nagging you. You still need a GPS that just goes, fine, ignore me then, I'm not going to direct you when you go the wrong way. Yeah, <laughs> oh, don't mind it. I'm, I'm sure I remember You also don't want it to fall out of your pocket when you're in like Cardiff like mine. <laughs> Sorry, what was that, Tiggs? I don't know, I was just saying, I'm, now I've 
think about it, I remember the church I went to when I was about six or seven. Someone there, their dad had a, one of those cars. I remember him, show, uh, you know, showing it off, and I thought it was really cool because I watched Knight Rider at the time. And oddly, um, Knight Rider and one of the shows, a point I was actually wanting to bring up, although not technically from the future, it was certainly futuristic, as was a um, kid's cartoon called Pole Position, both of which had cars which would talk to you, both of which had cars where there was a little screen that would bring up a little map that would show you where you went, and um, yeah, these days you can buy them down in pretty much any electronics shop, you know, it's like, that's one of the times when, um, you know, you know, oddly, it's something that was futuristic, not actually in the future, but it's something that did eventually sort of come to pass. Right. Yeah. I mean, now you can now you can even issue commands to 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 your car and tell it to do things like placing calls and and turning the radio on and off. Open, um, darn you, open when you've yeah. got the keys. <laughs> that one would be useful. I know, with the new smart keys, you don't have to do that. You don't take it out your pocket. It senses it. My dad works for Land Rover, and that's what they do. Just the car somehow senses the key is in your pocket, and you can hit a button to go. You don't put the key in the ignition anymore. Uh, that technology doesn't always work, because I witnessed it at work the other day, because we have these cards that open the computer room at work, and the students were (laughs) pushing their wallets up against the thing, and in the end having to take the card out of their wallet and rub it up against the thing that way. (laughs) Right. <laughs> uh, the, um, we've got the the, um, the swipe card doors in our system. The computer that governs it has been intermittent since about November. Oh dear! <laughs> and um, well, we can't get half the time. We've got to remove the magnetic pad from our door. So um, you know, that's when the kind of the again slightly futuristic. It has been shown in like sci-fi shows. You bring out your card, you swipe in, and just like the technology in most sci-fi, it's just about as um, as reliable in real life. Basically, what we're saying is the key is the mechanical equivalent of the book. If it ain't broke, don't try to fix it. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the things that, that they constantly bring up on Top Gear is these, these smart card things that you have in your pocket. So when you walk up to your car, it unlocks. That sounds like a I great deal, right? No, I don't Except think that's a very good idea at all. I'm going to lock the as soon as someone clones that, it's going to be very easy to nick that car. Yeah. Well, you see, here's the problem, though. You, you're, you're halfway towards the shop, you're parked in a p- car park, and you're halfway, to, and you're like, did I lock my door? I don't know. I better go check. But then you walk <laughs> close to your door, and the bloody thing unlocks <laughs> anyway. That's good. Yeah. I'll open the door, Dave. <laughs> I can't they work in reverse by the keys. That's the point of them. If you walk towards your car and get close to it, it'll unlock. But as you walk away, it locks. It self-locks. Yeah, Ooh. but if you can't tell whether it's self-locked or not. And the problem is, if you're walking <laughs> towards the car and it's unlocked, all it takes what some enterprising so-and-so to be stood near a car that's got one of these systems and before the driver's anywhere near, you're in there, you've opened the door, you've nicked the uh, briefcase off the back and you're halfway down the car park. Right. Fantastic. <laughs> and to give now just told credit. several people how to nick a car. Better still, if you see somebody mm. leaning against your car, so you walk towards your car to tell them off, 
As you walked on Charlie Holmes and they're naked. Thanks, man! This is why I don't own a car. Oh, 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 oh. Well, Sorry, what was that? My cars, then. Let's yeah, I was saying the, the whole thing with walking towards the car and it, unlo- and it unlocks and you walk away and it locks back. That would be horrible for people with OCD. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, if we're going to get onto the um, subject of technology that's a bit daft, where I work in the afternoon, they've recently brought in these uh, movement-sensitive lights. Uh, now we're heading towards summer. These are supposedly an economy measure. So you walk onto a corridor, the lights come on. They then don't go off until they want to go off. You walk past the kitchen, the lights come on. I'm not going in it, just past it. You walk into the common room, the lights come on. Even though I don't want them on, because I want to watch my iPhone. No override. Movement sensitive lights in the hospital I stopped in in Liverpool, which are operated by the door to the bathroom. Makes sense. Open the door, go in, light comes on. In the shower... Spend more than five minutes in the shower, and suddenly you're plunged into darkness. Oh, that's like, that's like one of the um the, the kitchen with the photocopier at work again. It, it's the same thing. Obviously, it had been programmed that oh, it's a kitchen. People will nip in, make a coffee, come out. We've got a photocopier in there where sometimes people stand there for half an hour doing the copying. Yeah, you kind of got to sidestep left and sidestep right about every twenty-five seconds when it gets oversensitive. Just get some music on and dance while you're in there at the copier. You have to Boogie develop this new arm movement called wave towards the sensor. Oh, I wave towards the sensor. I just want to tell you which fingers I'm using at the time. They work out cheaper than adipose pills. Yeah. Uh, just moving on a little bit, one of the uh, things that's again been in the news here in the UK is um, about uh, the police who've got this little miniature helicopter thing that has a camera on it. Um, and that reminded me of the ones in Dark Angel, where they had those little hovering little eyes in the sky that were sort of uh, watching to see if citizens were doing what they should do. Of course, what they did in the UK is um, they arrested a man who was acting suspiciously with this. It's now being contested that the police didn't have the right to be flying this thing because they didn't have clearance from the, you know, the aviation authority. So the police have got into trouble for arresting a man using this little mini flying helicopter thing. But they were they were actually used in Dark Angel. That reminds me of Anarchy Park by uh, Larry Niven, if you've ever read that. That was a wonderful novel. Um, it was one of those short novels in a collection. And basically mm-hmm. it was about this future time when uh, there was no real law and order except that they had these uh, watchers in the sky that would watch you and they would actually tell your thoughts of what you were thinking, sort of like 1984, where uh, they knew what you were thinking. Right. right. Uh, well, another thing that's happening as well in um, in the Middle East now, where they're building these absolutely vast um, towers, they're basically cities in a tower. Now, uh, I've read lots and lots of science fiction books where where you know you basically have uh, the people living in a single building, you know, with the restaurants, uh, the swimming pools, the gymnasiums. Basically, you don't actually ever have to leave the building. Uh, and I'm sure that has actually, you know, now come to pass. Especially with this latest skyscraper that's been opened, which I can't quite remember the name of. It's in Dubai, though. Yeah. That's yeah. all we need to know, with, with, and generally, we shouldn't like Dubai. Right. <laughs> all right. Um, uh, there uh, are another some actual, real-life 
uh, situations there with the, the the cities and buildings. There's some projects in in the lower, I think it's the, the lower side of Chicago, where it's where whole communities, whole neighborhoods are with, or are within these uh, the, the project buildings, and people rarely even lo- uh, leave those. It's it's they you have basically whole neighborhoods there in the buildings. So that's already a reality. Paradise towers. Yeah. Let's <laughs> oh, not dwell on that. Now. Yeah. The show 24 now, because each season set a couple of years after the other, it's now roughly 2015, 2016, maybe later in their timeline. I didn't even realize they were doing that, Ben. Hmm? What? I didn't even realize they were doing that jumping into the future thing. Well, they, well, well because basically looking at the years, that the people in charge now aren't the people in charge at the start of the run. And they've realized that they're at least five or six years in the future now. So this season, in the, where it's set in New York, uh, the CTU now has access to military-level predator drones. The stuff that the U.S. government is using in wars is now being used by a um, government organization to help out with police investigations and to fire off missiles if necessary in New York City. Indeed, they get a problem. Indeed, they're having problems because these drones aren't as smart as humans, and so they're missing things. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. So that's that's showing what they think it'll be in just a couple of years. Right. It's Ed Two O Nine. Well, here's here's another couple of things. Um, some things from 2001: A Space Odyssey. Um, Private space flight and voice print ID. Uh, Virgin, of course, because okay. they do have to do everything first, are looking at suborbital flights um, and and also orbital travel uh, for private citizens. So you can catch a flight up there. Um, they had in 2000 and, uh, 2001. They had uh, flat screen TVs. Uh, they were talking to people on the ground who were you know uh, on. You know, they could do video calls. Um, this reminds me of a Twitter feed I just started following, thanks to uh, um, thanks to Louis Trapani. Is uh, one of the astronauts that's in the International Space Station. Tweets, oh yes, tweets Best from orbit. Best pics in the universe. And twit pics. Yeah. He twit pic- he, t- he takes pictures of the observation thing of Earth and then posts them on Twitter. I'm like, that's just I fabulous. I bet they've got the best upload speed on the planet. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, as far as distance from a satellite, <laughs> can't really beat it, can you? <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and the thing about the space station, it is they've just put the, the biggest uh, window in the space station. Yep. Uh, and, of course, that's like the observation deck of, uh, I don't know, like uh, Enterprise or somewhere where, you know, they can actually, you know, get unrestricted view of the whole of the Earth for the first time. Obviously, they can do that when they're on um, their their walkabouts uh, outside the uh, vehicle, but inside, they've not been able to see the whole of the Earth through a window until this new dome has gone into place. Yeah. I mean, it's just fabulous. I mean, I I would never have thought that in a million years that I'd be... um, following a guy on the internet who was up in an international space station taking photos and posting them and, and telling us about his day. Uh, I mean... Oh, that was on, uh, that was on um, Twitter, right? Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, put the link in chat, could you? Yes, I will. Um, 
The astronaut's name is uh, Soichi. Um, no. Yes, and uh, let me put his Twitter feed into our feed. Uh, and there it is. It's twitter.com slash astro, A-S-T-R-O space S-O-I-C-H-I. Wait till they do do those suborbital flights. I'm dying to find out who the first celebrity is because the TV networks are bound to just ring them immediately and say, uh, can you be our on-spot reporter? It will save us some money. Right. Oh. Well, that reminds us now we've got celebrity. We've got Big Brother 1984. Big Brother. Yeah. Yep. And we're well, all being observed. Yep. Apart from the fact that it's a bit more controlled, the, the, the better definition of it is CCTV. That really is Big Brother. I don't know, it's less quite close as well. That's sort of creepy when you can walk down the street and spy in people's back gardens. I'm guessing this astronaut's Japanese because some of his tweets are in an oriental language. Right. Yeah, about seven hours ago he uh, he uh, tweeted a, a pic uh, of the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. Stick and and, and it, it, was, it was quite sad actually because uh, earlier on... Um, he, the the guys in the space shuttle uh, um, uh, were leaving, and he did say he was. Uh, uh, is his quiet dinner? I already missed the shuttle guys. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That just reminded me of something. My little brother is in the Kennedy Space Center kind of program thing for the visitor center. Oh, sweet. Lucky him. Yeah. Yeah. We were there. We were there wandering around, and they just came up. Oh, I just what? usually have NASA television going on on the TV while I'm doing this, but I don't have mm. it on right now. <laughs> yeah, NASA TV's great. It used to be that we'd we'd have to get up early in New Zealand to watch a, a shuttle launch. Now you just log onto the internet and yeah, you can watch all sorts use, of stuff going on. There's an iPhone app now. Mm. We'll watch it anywhere. Right. Um, mm. And speaking of iPhones, um, Dave touched on this a little earlier. Um, that you know, uh, looking at Star Trek and the fact that uh, you know, when you look at like things like the iPhone, uh, that they resemble the pads and stuff that we ha- they had in Star Trek. Because if you remember, in the Next Generation, everybody had little pads. It wasn't just the captain's log thing. They all had pads with all this information on it. Um, there is an app that you can get for an iPhone now uh, that translates Arabic into English mm-hmm. that functions it, similar to the Universal Translator. I and was going to say, is it speech recognition? That's what I really need for um, translators. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, NASA recently developed a device which can be plugged into an iPhone and used to detect the presence of deadly gases in the environment, much like the tricorder. So you just hold this thing up and, and it tells you that... Yeah. So... Uh, I think. W- I think we ought to redress the balance here as well. Mention some of the things that, like you said right at the beginning, that haven't right. happened. I mean, well, one I, of the I things that I, I happen to have a top fifteen list. I was going to oh. say, are we all going to say at once? Where's my flying car? Yeah, <laughs> we'll say it at the end. That's how we'll. That's how I will say goodbye. Oh, I'm going before the end. I'm going in about six minutes. Not everybody at once, please. Sorry, Rana. I. Through the flying car, I want to walk in I want a teleporter. And I want <laughs> so to be able to make it 24 hours. I could go anywhere. 
I'm worried enough I'm about being on a plane for 12 hours. I haven't been on anything longer than about 4 or 5. I'll be chewing the walls. <laughs> it just makes me feel ill. I'm leaving in 4 days too. Ah. Ooh, good luck. Yeah. Mike Mike would like a jetpack and also the replicators from Star Trek. I would love the replicators from Star Ooh. Trek. God. You're all gray hot. <laughs> the thing I loved about the yes, the thing I loved about the replicators is is when you're done, you could you just stick the dishes in the replicator and basically. Exactly. <laughs> 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 but the funny thing in is, in like Deep Space <laughs> in, in Deep Space Nine, they still had the same. They still had. The, they still had the same arguments. Uh, O'Brien and and and, and Keiko uh, had an argument because he hadn't done the dishes, and all he's going to do is stick them in the replicator. But he hadn't bothered. That's like, what I love about Deep Space Nine. It's got proper character friction in it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I'm just going to rattle off this quick list of uh, right. top top 15 movies that predicted the future and blew it. And this is brought to us by the uh, American Movie Channel, AMC. Ah, at number one, Terminator, the film series. Society has dodged several doomsdays thanks to the ever-shifting timeline of Terminator. No luck on dodging Governor Schwarzenegger. Uh, Escape from New York, Mad Max, Back to the Future 2, The Day After Tomorrow, I Am Legend, uh, Demolition Man, (laughs) which I like. The description on this is, uh, is this, this one's set in 2032, L.A., where there hasn't been a homicide in 22 years. If nobody gets killed after 2010, then we're still on track. 1984. Uh, 2010. I mean, 2010, Space Odyssey. But, as we discussed, it has some of the technology in that has come to pass. Yes. They can uh, use the calendar and change the years around. Time Cop. <laughs> time Cop. We don't have time travel, and that was predicted for 2004. Still can't travel in time. Well, there's an argument amongst scientists. Some say it's possible, and some say it isn't. Yeah, but we still don't have Jean Claude Van Damme going back and fixing things, do we? Mm. And no. Khan and his buddies coming back from the war in the 1990s with all the replicating and stuff that yeah. caused trouble with Star Trek. There you in go. The <laughs> Okay, uh, the last couple. Uh, Death Race to Death Race 2000, Rollerball, Strange Days, Free Jack. Yeah, we don't have. Uh, we don't. <laughs> oh, I love Free Jack. We don't have uh, body snatching, <laughs> and Streets of Fire. So those are. Oh, well, yeah. the, 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 the one I had for that, that uh, Ian, is uh, mm-hmm. was it Johnny Mnemonic? You know the um, the other one where. He, he was, the, you have these jacks on the back of your head. Mm. The free jack reminded me of that, where he actually carries sensitive data. He goes, and he's got something like a, a four terabyte capacity, and and he right. plugs it in, and th- then he takes a risk by doubling it up or something. Right. Uh, but I here, mean, the, here's the thing. So, so, sorry to interrupt, but like Cowley, I've got to jump to the future of half an hour away and say goodbye. Okay. Goodbye. Thanks, oh, Tim. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Hooray! Okay. Uh, but actually, uh, the, the 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 point I wanted to make is, it's not um, it's not really uh, something that far fetched though. When you think of the size of um, of storage medium these days, and the fact that we can implant uh, devices into you know human bodies to you know improve their functionality, 
pacemakers and artificial hearts that they're working on, it would not be too too far removed to, to basically put a, a, a stick drive in the back of your head so you could just lean into the back of your office chair and transmit data. Oh, right. yeah, plug it in like a car and, you know, get the updates on what your yeah. status is. Well, yeah. there is one way they've been doing that in terms of, like, people who are blind by having this, like, electrode and that they're actually bypassing the optic nerve. Basically, what's mm-hmm. happening is that they're getting a some sort of firing signal. It's not vision, but they can learn to use it like vision. Right. Um, Benjamin puts in chat, the 10th planet failed to arrive in 1986, and the Nemesis comet failed to land in 1988. <laughs> no, we that. We lost a planet. We've yeah. lost Pluto. Yeah. We're, we're down to eight planets now. Yeah. Some of the other ones are Bicentennial Man. Uh, according to this movie by 2005, which is come and gone, we don't have personal assistant robots who look like Robin Williams. What's up with that? <laughs> the only thing that's ca- the only robot that we've got that's capable of doing any housework is a is one of them little Roombas that that buzzes around the carpet, and they're stupid. <laughs> I mean, it's they just a large dustpan. Sorry, what was that? They mess up crime scenes and cop dramas. There you go. <laughs> they poof up the evidence. Bastard. Yes. <laughs> Alrighty. Anyone got any more? Um, I've, I've actually got an interesting one on where something did um, uh, accurately predict something. And it's actually not technology. Um, Quantum Leap. Yes. I'm reading directly from a page here, um, the link of which I'll put the chat in a minute. But um, in the Quantum Leap episode, All Americans, um, first broadcast in the United States on January 17th, 1990, Al apologizes to Sam for being late because he was watching Super Bowl 30 and the Steelers were down by three points which on Sunday, the 28th of January, 1996, they were down by three points twice, apparently. And, um, you know, it was quite interesting that, you know, something that was obviously written as a bit of a throwaway comment, and I think they'd apparently done it once or twice um, elsewhere in the series where they, like, put in sports matchups that you wouldn't imagine happening, which actually ended up happening when you reached that point in real time. <laughs> Does David Tennant still have a chance of running with the electric with the Olympic flame and there then dousing it Superman style? Right. On a more serious note, the Lone Gunman, if anyone remembers that short lived uh uh oh. series. Uh, mm-hmm. back in two thousand and one. March March April. March fourth, uh, uh yeah. two thousand one. Uh, the heroes uncovered a US government plot to fly a passenger jet into the World Trade Center by remote control and blame terrorists, thereby justifying an increase in the military budget. On television, the scheme was averted. In reality, of course, two jet planes did indeed hit the World Trade Center barely six months later. Scary. Scary stuff. I mean... It, it is amazing that people can, you know, come up with these things and then, boom, you know, they happen. That reminds me of uh, the flight simulators. You know, like, did you realize that they uh, stopped having planes crashing into buildings in the flight simulators, you know, that they have on the PC because of the uh, 9-11? No. 
Jeez. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's one thing we haven't talked about, uh, and I don't think w there's really a way we can get to the bottom of it, is the, how the, uh, wh whether these inventions have come because they were always wanted to be and then got developed, or uh, the very fact that they were first m muted, uh, mooted on a, a program, and that actually made somebody think that that would be something to actually aim for. And I suppose that the, the one we've mentioned is the, the, you know, the sliding doors on the Enterprise, because uh, 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 unless it's folk legend, perhaps somebody here will know, but wasn't some, uh, didn't some uh, owner of a big supermarket chain said, uh, right up and ask them how they did that, because he wanted to implement that in his stores. Hmm. And they, mm -hmm. they had to tell him it was two prop men doing right. it. Yes, you blur guys opening the door. Yeah. I mean, I, I get the feeling that it's, it is a, you know, a bit of both. You know, sometimes I think, you know, they will write something and, you know, extrapolate where technology is going, you know, to um, greater or lesser amounts of success. Um, but sometimes, you know, the research or the invention is spurred on. But, you know, when in the olden days people would look at, you know, kind of nature, you know, they'd look at the bird flying and think, how do we make something do that? These days, someone might see something on a television show set 200 years in the future and go, that looks cool. How do we do that? And yeah. so I think in some ways, things are being kind of, you know, the sci-fi programs and films are kind of spurring on um, in innovation, but sometimes they're just looking at what's going, and sometimes yeah. they get it completely wrong, and that's I mean, highly the, entertaining. The, the, I mean, the perfect example is, is Star Trek. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm more of an Doctor Who fan yeah. than I am a, a Trek fan, but when you look at... Uh, you, you can't help but think, okay, the, cell, the modern cell phone, especially the flip phones there's got to have been someone down the track at some point who was like, hey, let's do what they do with the, the, the ones on Star Trek and make them flippable, you know. Um, so that was because, you know, up until that point, I mean, the cell phones used to carry around the big battery pack, and you know, now you can slip them into your, your, your pocket. Um, and when you also look at it now, you've got the, the, the Bluetooth earpieces, how long before the cell phone and the earpiece become one and you no longer have to press buttons. You can just, you know, talk into it and, and say, call such and such. Once they, you know, perfect the um, speech recognition technology, it's all on, you know. Yeah. Uh, one of the ones, this is a, a marvellous website, uh, device, uh, uh, device.com. Uh, they've just had a, a thing about... Um, somebody's um, perfected the OLED that are used for screens, but actually one that will actually be just bring out white, so it's got all the colours mixed to give out white light. Mm -hmm. The idea is that soon you'll be able to cover walls with that. So, I mean, how often in science fiction shows when you, the, the, the writer has written something like, you know, I went into the room, there seemed to be no obvious form of lighting, but the room was lit. Uh, right. Because basically the wallpaper was the lighting, could actually be the TV screens. Uh, you mentioned Total Recall. They had those vast um, TV screens, you know, the one where he's eating his breakfast, where he's in right. his, uh, before he's got his memories back, and um, the wall just becomes the TV screen. Right. Um, also in, in Back to the Future 2, 
they actually had uh, window blinds that had uh, scenery on them. You just pull it down. Hello? Ian? Oh, the mic connected. Oh, oh, oh sorry, I thought I was dropping out again. Me too. <laughs> no, I think it was Ian. Because every time, time I drop out, my sound goes. Yeah, yeah uh, so people... Can back anyone here? hear me? Oh, yeah, I'm back. There you are. Yep. Well, Where did I leave off? For those people listening later to the show on iTunes, we, we have had a, an enormous number of technical problems with people trying to get in. I was... Well, I had a... Problem with my PC, Darth, and a few others had trouble getting in with Gizmo and so on. And people keep getting their connection dropped. Speaking of Darth, and since I got cut off anyway, Darth. Ian? Again? Wow, that was quick. <laughs> Darth, are you still with us as well? Darth? No, he's off. We need a search party. <laughs> well, there you are, folks. Hello. This is a live show. <laughs> oh, see you back. There he is. What? 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 I was going to mention computers. How they uh, started? I started with computers back in like high school, where it was like a little file cabinet was like about it has the power of a calculator. And now, <laughs> you know, and then when in the 1980, um, they had a computer that was the size of a uh, huge office building. Office first floor of an office building, and uh, with uh, disk drives that were about the size of a washing machine, tape a reel-to-reel tape drives, hole pu- uh, paper punch machines, and card card punch, and now we have uh, little microcomputers that can do all of that. Right. My whole childhood has been has gone up alongside the development of computers. Back when I was in second, first or second grade, I used Apple IIe's, and now here we are with laptops and smartphones, netbooks. Mhm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. One of the things that, that you often see in science fiction that I I I think is almost as impossible as um, you know time travel or uh, uh, teleports or transmats for that matter, uh, and like they've seen in the uh, Stargate universe, these um, these not only are they remote eyes, but they actually float a little bit like the the training one they used with in the in Star Wars where. Um, you know, feel the force, Luke, and he's trained... Well, lightsabers, there's another one. But um, the, the actual fact that you can have something floating in space, whether it's actually, a, you know, a, a robotic eye or whatever, overcoming gravity. I mean, uh, I remember... Uh, ooh, it must be 20 years ago, going past a shop window and seeing uh, a ball floating in the window, and I thought, unbelievable how they've done that. And basically all it was was like a hoover, uh, a vacuum blowing up a tube and it was like the ball was sort of floating on a cushion of air right. and I have seen uh, ones where you can actually get a little executive desk toy where because of a, some sort of magnetism you can actually have a, a coin that looks as though it's you know, floating above a little table but I think it'll be a long time before that nut's cracked I mean you can do it at super cold you know if you've got very super cold liquid when things become super magnetic you can do it, but otherwise, because of course we were going to have the uh, uh, the levitating train, weren't we? I think uh, the the what they did in, it was a British invention by um, Braithwaite, I think, um, mm. uh, and he had it running along a track, but basically it wasn't in contact with the track. It was um, 
oh. a levitating train. There are some plane flights that simulate zero gravity, but that's done mostly by controlled fall. Uh, I've seen this on on Mythbusters and read about read about it elsewhere, but it's, it's right. it basically simulates zero gravity within the Earth's atmosphere. Right. I mean, I go back to remembering seeing the Mekon from Dan Dare, who used to f- float on a little disc that was suspended. I used to think that was marvellous, and that's going back to the forties, early fifties. Well, uh, we seem to be having problems with certain people getting on audio, Ian. How how are you feeling about uh, where to move the topic next? Well, um, I get the feeling we're floundering a little. So, uh, I mean, there has been some discussion, um, but I'm not sure how keen everybody is to talk about it, because one of the things we're going to look at is is kind of like the dystopic futures that were predicted that never happened, for example, Mad Max. Um, or escape from New York, but it all depends on how keen people are to continue, or whether we, we want to save that for another time. I remember that on a laser disc. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, actually, it's. Uh, it, it, I mean, I feel as well. That's one of the subjects that we we could talk about now, but you you almost need to jog your memory with that because the. The, the number of, in fact, there's more dystopian science fiction stories made than than there are utopian ones. Right. I would have thought. Yeah. Oh, there's a there's a ton of you know, ton of movies like that. I mean, I Am Legend for one totally missed the mark. Not that that was intending to, but it wanted to place it um, you know, closer to our current future to make it more realistic and more scary. But there's things that were set. And cheaper props. Yeah. Things oh, yeah, was that were made twentieth iteration of the book. So yeah, right. to go back to that. And of course, some people would say, "Well, it just hasn't happened yet." Right. I mean, look at, think of the scare that we had with you know these recent diseases, where you could literally end up with just a few people left, like on or maybe survivors. one person left. How yep, about uh, the day the day after tomorrow? Was actually mm-hmm. based on a book called the oncoming the, the oncoming superstorm. By uh, yeah, and uh, that was written, and all of a sudden now we're having all this weird weather. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and then of course is the Children of Men film, which was talking about um, you know, people becoming ever more sterile and no, no children being born. Well, I, I believe that doctors are quite worried in a lot of Western countries that the you know the fertility rate, you know, is 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 down measurably down on where it was 30, 40 years ago. Now, whether that's all the hormones they inject into your your chicken meals are, that hormones from all these factories gets into the water table and the water system. Um, But um, there's certainly an element of, uh, well, maybe scaremongering, but there's certainly an element of it's a measurable um, thing that's happened. Right. But again, I'm not too sure whether this couldn't be a topic in its own right. I mean, right. we're only just coming up to the hour and a half mark, which would make it one of our shorter podcasts, but um, nonetheless, certainly long enough for us to bow out now if we, should, we so wish. Well, we could wrap this up, actually, if people are are, are eager to uh, get on um, with uh, going around the room and, and, and asking people what they hope will come in within their lifetime 
Yep. And we'll start with yep. Randall Thor. Jump X. And the Jetpacker. <laughs> I want my jetpack. Is that from playing Jetpack Willie on the computer years ago? Is that it? That your contribution? He's very easy to please, isn't he? Yeah. Just want a jetpack. Is that all? Can ask for anything, you know? Mm. Well, eventually I'll get my own TARDIS, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, Ramana. Good, I was about to say, can I go next before, in case I drop out again? Um, <laughs> I would like a reliable internet connection right now, but failing <laughs> that, um, I, would like a, I would like a device like Jack's Vortex Manipulator, something that I can travel through time and space. Even just traveling through space would be awesome, because then, A, it would cost a lot less, like I wouldn't have to fork out nearly $3,000 to go to England, I could just hop there, and B, it would cut out all the, 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 the malarkey of flying on airplanes and travel, and you just be there instantly, and I could travel the world, or the universe, or anything, and it would be awesome. That is what I want, a teleport. Yep. <laughs> Teleporter. Yes. Yes. All right, Benjamin. Portable one that you wear on your wrist. <laughs> ben- Benjamin okay. wants a, a, a better internet connection, a more stable computer, and a microphone. <laughs> well, I tried the microphone today, and I was told it was okay. I got on the air, and somebody starts to message you could re- hear what I was saying, so I went back to the phone. But uh, I, I think Ramana got one of mine, but um, flying cars, definitely. Definitely flying cars. I think that we should have them. I think governments don't want us to have them, but I think we should have them. And I think they'll be a very useful thing to do, especially with the whole transportation industry. But uh, let's see. What else would I like to see in my lifetime technology-wise? Um, it'll be fun to see certain things eradicated, like the bug that causes the cold. Think how much easier it would be if that bug was gone. Mm. And oh, think how much nice. more inventive kids have to be to get out of school. <laughs> Good, because I think I'm getting a cold right now, and that's the last thing I want for Gallifrey, the cold. Right. Oh, you'll get one at the con, don't worry. Yeah, you're supposed to take illnesses away from the con, not to them. <laughs> yeah. Somebody's going somebody's gonna to bring one. It's like bringing ants to a picnic. I've been infected, so... <laughs> Build up your immunity now. <laughs> I were, I got a do before I left. I'm like he's like everything now. <laughs> Alright. Moving on, Charlie. I want a lightsaber. <laughs> there you go. But that's from a long time ago. That's not from the future. Yeah, that was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. That's that's old tech, dude. Actually, one random thing kind of one random thing kind of related to that. I want the device in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy movie, the little lightsaber knife that toasts bread as you slice it. Uh, <laughs> see, see, I want I want the I want the babel fish from 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 Hitchhikers, but I don't want anybody else to have one because I just want to go around these places where people think you know when you walk past and, and you can hear somebody talking in a different language that you can go. Excuse me, you just insulted me, and them go, what? <laughs> how, does he know, how does he know Mandarin? 
oh, wearing your cloak of invisibility, no doubt, as well. To uh, the person speaking Latin and see what it comes out as. <laughs> that's 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 what the hedge in front of Howley's house is for. I don't need a cloak of invisibility. <laughs> Tiggs. Um, I second the vote for the um um flying or levitating car. But no, what I would love is like a personal heads-up display in glasses. Mm. Um, you know, so I could always like you know see you know the time, the date, you know RSS feeds, fat nav stuff. It'd be great. And another thing that. I'd love to see them do with um, glasses technology, and I'm sure once I've read they were trying to work on something like it, but a sort of um, shiftable gel lens, so you can, like, rather than having to, you know, get new lenses done every time, you can just have your lenses reprogrammed to shift with your your prescription. That would be absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I would love that. Transition lenses, which I, um, I think those are amazing. Yeah, it automatically turn dark in the daylight. Mm. Oh yeah, I've I've got I've got those. They are great, but they are a little bit frustrating when you go from somewhere very bright outside, especially say when it's snowy, when they go very very dark, straight into a dingy entry hall. <laughs> you can't see a bloody thing. Yeah, some shops have really really bad lighting, but even more noticeable when you've got these reactions tinted lenses. But apart from that, yeah, they are they really are great. One thing based on Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy joke. Oh, the peril sensitive glasses. <laughs> it turns so black that you can't see what it is is about to kill you, so you're not black. All of those. All right, have I missed anybody? Yes. No, I think it's just you and me, I think. Oh, it's Darth back on audio. Oh, right. I don't know. Darth? Hey, with me. Yeah, Robert, go ahead. <laughs> Um, I, I was thinking more of a, well, can I repeat that? I want kit. There you go. Kit, yeah. <laughs> I definitely want a kit. Um, uh, auto, an um, intelligent car that can drive itself, that I don't have to worry about getting lost. There you go. I mean, I, I mean, I, if, I get a, if I ever get a GPS that talks to you, there's going to be a download for, for Kit's voice. Yeah. It's gotta be. I've gotta get that one. But I like the new kit where you can morph. Yes. <laughs> Char- you Char- Char- of a car, you just press a button. Okay, I gotta switch over to something else. <laughs> Char- Charlie adds that I want middle. That me, I want middle Mickey. Yes, I would love to have a middle Mickey around here. <laughs> oh, he's but I'll just stick with. Him. I'll just stick with Dave for right now. <laughs> He's my metal Mickey. Similar, similar. I act very similarly. It's not much different. Yeah. About the same kind of hair. Gadget robot from Wires of Mars. Yeah, gadget, gadget. Actually, I think it's the best one you want, Ian. You want to be able to inhabit your second life avatar. Yes, yes. Actually, you're. You're right on there. It's like a, a, a proper interface between Second Life and and the real world, where you can like just slip into that virtual reality. Yeah, it's called Except uh, lo- Caprica. It's called Caprica. It's called. <laughs> to mention, well, I, Dave, also it's um an anime series that's explored. I think Ghost in the Shell kind of like that, right. where you kind of in you you kind of inhabit yourself as in the internet 
kind of thing and found it. But the thing is, is, is I'd want it to, to, I wouldn't want Second Life to change that much. I wouldn't want it to be like a real world. Uh, I'd like it to be just the way it is because, you know. Yeah, you actually fly in Second Life. Yes. Except I keep banging into walls a lot, so I don't know if I'd like that. (laughs) Could could I be able to turn off the pain sensors, you know? It's like, because I keep hitting walls. Boom! Oh, man! Especially when something just rezzes out of nowhere. It's like, yeah, I swear there wasn't a wall there before. Could you could you imagine actually jacking into Second Life with the lag issues still being the same? Ooh. Oh. I can't move! Wow. The connection's gone down! Someone's bouncing off me wireless. <laughs> or, or, you, or, or you you log in to go to a meeting and your clothes aren't there yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sorry I'm late for the meeting. Commercial. Hey, at least you got a frill. <laughs> <laughs> so hey, I, I thought of uh, one more device that I'd like to have, and that's the timer from Sliders. I would love to travel to alternate realities. There you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think if everybody's gone, I'll just finish off with uh, a couple. I mean, the obvious one, which is more fantasy than science fiction, is a, a self-refilling wine bottle. There you go. Speaking of which, um, I, I think I've got one, Dave. I think I've got one, because I was sitting here, and the door opened, and mysteriously now there is another bottle of Two Vines Merlot sitting on my desk. Oh. Might have something to do with the fact that Liam carried one in, but hey, it's close. I'm not going to argue. Right. Well, we'll have to chat at eight, we'll have to chat at eight o'clock then. Yes, and enjoy that uh, Two Vines Merlot. Right. Uh, Again, Columbia Crest, if anyone from Columbia Crest is interested in sci-fi and, <laughs> and fantasy and, and you happen to be listening, um, I really do enjoy your wines and I highly recommend them to anyone out there. And um, just uh, tweet me and I'll send you my address and, and a case would be lovely. Thank you. Anyway. We want you to buy ad yeah. time on this show at Dave's video blog. Yeah. The other thing is, I mean, even the very simple things, I don't know about you folks, but over the years I must have spent a fortune on batteries. And like a battery that you actually put it in something and it and it lasted. You know, I mean, I've got about six or seven remote controls here and um, you know, all these different um, torches and all these different things. I'd just like batteries to be something like, you know, a hundred or a fifty percent more efficient than they are. Really good. Or even like little nuclear batteries or something. But um, the other one thing I'd like is, um, yeah, uh, when my parents were young, the big adventure, the big holiday, it was going to the seaside. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was young, the big adventure was to go, obviously, because I'm in the, in the UK, to go, you know, to France, across the Channel, or into Europe. Uh, nowadays, people in the 20s and 30s, the big trip is to go to, I was going to say Australia, but I'd better say New Zealand. Go to yes, New Zealand, go. right? Really? <laughs> oh, Australia is better, right. thank you. Yeah. We're bigger. We have more to do. Yeah. Well, the thing to do now is to go both. <laughs> you to do not have Australasia. more to do. Ninety percent of the Okay, but the point is that <laughs> I always one of the things I I thought by the time I had reached the age I am, I thought people would be actually going and staying on the space station are uh, making a trip to the moon I always used to think there was going to be a hospital on the moon so that people that were you know couldn't cope with the, the, the gravity of earth you know if they were very rich 
when they were 80, they could spend money and they'd end up living an extra 20, 30, 40 years on the moon because their, their bodies could cope with the one-sixth gravity. Of course, you right. could never, you'd never come back. Uh, but I would love to see uh, both a permanent station on the moon and a permanent station on Mars because that way I think uh, they, they're stepping stones to getting off the planet. Right. And if Lewis was here, he would say, I'm trapped on Earth. The only thing I want is a future where we can get off Earth. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that brings this show to a successful close, especially since I have to nip off and help my wife in the kitchen because um, we've decided, I think, to... to, to uh, I think that the baby's a boy, it's going to be called Chuck because she just spends a lot of her time... <laughs> Chucking up. Chuck oh it dear. Up. Uh, <laughs> for me, of course. Um, so I've got to go and help her in the kitchen because she can't bend down and pick anything up at the moment because, yeah, yep. something else wants to come out at the same time. So, <laughs> oh what a way oh to bring dear. the show to a close. <laughs> oh, that just to finish, I want that. I want that thing in in um, in uh, the long game where you can freeze your puke. As it's coming up, <laughs> turns it oh. into a little ice cube. You just throw it in the garbage. Oh, that strength is like in Boomtown. You know, Doctor Boomtown. You know, we had the uh, those little things in your forehead that. You know, that was the long game. Welcome connected huh? to the computer. Uh, that was, yeah. That was that was in the long game. Yeah. Okay, yep. I think we've come to an end. Uh, just to remind yes. everybody, next week it's um, from the mind of Tim Burton. So, yes. not the mind of Tim Jury because that's just a really scary place. <laughs> I can only say that because he's gone. <laughs> and Dave, okay. yeah. Also, next week might be a live report from me from twenty-one. Excellent. Yes, you've got to. You've got to. Now you see. Now here. Here's the thing, Ramana. Okay, yeah. remember last time I went to a convention, I got somebody on the phone for you. <laughs> payback? Payback would be nice. Um, you know, Georgia Moffat on the want? phone. Georgia Moffat. Mm, yeah, I want a boyfriend. Or, or uh, let's see, see Georgia Moffat or... Um, oh. Who else is going to be there? Um, There's Sutton. Yes. Lots of podcasters. Yeah. Oh, to hell with them. Who cares about other podcasts? <laughs> if I don't get, if I do not get someone at Gallifrey, how about when I go to and put you on the phone to Nicola Bryant? Would you like that? Oh, yes. Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Nicola or, Nicola or Colin. One of the two. Nicola, Both Colin. Not. Yes. Fabulous. All right. I'll try. All I'll right. see what I can muster up. <laughs> yeah. So good luck with your trip, and we'll uh, hopefully talk to you next week while you're at Galley. I hate you. Uh, <laughs> and so do most of us in the room. I think all of us in the room. This is probably the only ever get to in my life, so if that's any consolation. Just for the sheer distance is insane. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, I'm, okay. I'm dropping out. Sorry. Everyone's dropping out. Right. So this you, is the first you, time I, 
every time I drop out, the sound goes. It's like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah, it has been a, a technically difficult program today. Yes. But uh, enjoyable. Yes, in the future, I hope that talk show will be more stable. <laughs> that would be nice. There are better chances of flying cars and jetpacks before that happens. <laughs> Ditto for second life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, without any further ado, goodbye to everybody in the room. And it's goodbye from Bye. me. Goodbye. And it's, and it's goodbye from him. Come goodbye, on. everybody. Goodbye. See ya. Goodbye. Goodbye. Have you got Goodbye. the answer? Or should I play it? You play it, sir. Remember, I don't have... There we go. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.